cigars all around. Cheers, y'all. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to this fine radio program, podcast, and video extravaganza known internationally as the world-famous Smokin' and Toastin'. Show number 288 is on the air. We are in the studio. Uh, my name's Cruz. My co-host is Ian. We are in the studio with our friend and uh, one of our very favorite guests, Michael Duckworth from True Anomaly Brewing. Welcome to the Howdy show. Welcome, Welcome back to the show. Thank you very much. Is Thanks this for your having third appearance? I think this is I think like five. Five. Oh, five. Man. So we started way back in 19, <laughs> you, and then we had a little hiatus. We came yeah. back on yeah. you can tell, last year. You and, can tell when we really like the beer because the, the guest <laughs> comes the guests back come on back, a regular right. basis. It's that monthly so, subscription yeah. I started you yeah. on. <laughs> I, I, was, uh, I was saying this earlier, but uh, you, uh, you, True Anomaly, to me, has um, you know you pass with flying colors. My two most important brewery uh, things. The two the, most the, important. What the, are they? The, uh, well, the first one is obviously is the beer good. The and your beer is fantastic. Thank you. Thank quality. You. So you're a, saying you got a great range. Beer good. Beer good. Beer good. Exactly what I'm saying. And in, and in particular, you guys beer. I mean, you've got all the interesting you know space connections and all that. And that's just that's just gravy. The juice itself is delicious, Appreciate and that's you. that's the number one thing. The number two thing, and again, this is just unique, I think, probably to me. But True Anomaly Brewing is walking distance from my house, uh, so hop, this hop, skip and a jump I to this means that I, I can wish. just come over. And and as if those two things weren't enough, they do this thing called tacos and trivia Tuesdays, <laughs> and I had some of the best tacos of my life. And that's saying a lot because I've had a lot of tacos. <laughs> I had Went back the, for seconds, you told yes, me. Yes, I did. Yeah, yeah the first good. the first thing was like three tacos. I was like, okay, this is outrageously good. I'm going back for more. <laughs> and that, six tacos is a lot of tacos, right. even for me. In all fairness, they're street tacos, yeah. right? I mean, they're not right, they're right. not those full size tortillas. Right. But still, they were they I were absolutely the tacos fabulous. have been renamed to make them cooler as street tacos. Now. Right. Oh yeah, yeah, street tacos. Because right. before they were right? street tacos, we used to call them. Tacos. Yeah. No, 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 no. Street tacos are actually smaller. So you, you get a little less, but a little more cool inside yeah. of them. And, and generally speaking, I find that most <clears throat> things that are called street tacos have a little bit more flavor. You don't get to go to Taco Bell and say, uh, yeah, I'd like uh, three street tacos, please. I'm sure they're they going to try and them. figure out how to make that happen. Oh, they'll That's work right. with their Trust four me. ingredients. <laughs> that they have. That's right. Taco Bell, it's, it's amazing. It's like uh, tortillas, meat. Beans and cheese. Right. Meat has a question mark. And yeah, they, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, but at two a.m. Meat substance. <laughs> oh, yeah. no, don't get me wrong. I'm better not, and better. Oh, yeah. Have you ever have the ones with the uh, with the, uh, the the locos Doritos? Oh yeah, those are tortillas. actually pretty darn good. Those are oddly yeah. and fantastic. if you're like soft and crunchy, what's the one that they, uh, oh, they put yeah. the taco? The taco in the taco. And I'll tell you what. If you are hungry and the bars have just closed. There's nothing quite like just getting a whole bunch of that basic taco. Mm-hmm. I mean. You know? you, you gotta love the brain trust that comes up with like the Taco Bell menu. You know what? Yeah. Here's an idea. Let's take a, a, a tortilla, yeah, and fry it so it's crunchy. 
Yeah. And we'll put it inside another tortilla. <laughs> With a little beans. You wonder how can they mix it up again? But somehow they always somehow do. They, do. Nacho yeah. cheese. They, they, imagine, they, they manage But the Doritos do Loco shells are, yeah. are the ones. They, oh, did. Yeah. they did a great oh, yeah. job. Oh, yeah. Well, we're in the studio with True Anomaly Brewing and Michael Duckworth, and it's so nice to have you back on the program. We are at number 288, and we got some interesting things to talk about today. I'm going to say some words on today's show that I swear to you, I thought I would never say. Uh-oh. Like uh, Hassan Pfeffer? <laughs> kind of like that, yeah. Almost as... Nacogdoches. Almost, <laughs> almost as... as uh, Almost as difficult to predict as that. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right, here you go. Uh, I'll give you the headline now, and we'll get to the story in a little while. Stone Brewing. Oh, yeah. Has yep. sold out. What? Yeah. Yep. They've sold out. True story. I'll get to the story a little bit later, and I want to see what we all think of that because, you know, I'm terrified by this. At at heart, I'm a capitalist. I respect the right of someone to build a business right. and then sell it and get a nice payday. I I get it. Like I I believe in that, and yet a part of me is still indescribably sad right now. It's uh, it's also how how vocal you are about that position going into it. And Stone's obviously been well, aggressively vocal, aggressively about vocal about independence. Yes, yes absolutely. Yeah. So, so this is part of where it. Yeah, I get it. I totally get I it. I mean, uh, I hope they sold high. Yeah, I I would imagine not, a, not as much as I thought it. Oh really? Really? Yeah. It's a good number. I mean, it's right. been reported, but well, I don't think anybody got ripped off. Well, we'll get to that. I promise. We'll get to that. We'll get to uh, uh, some cigars to watch for. There are some very interesting things coming out across the rest of the summer and into the fall. So we'll share a few of those with you. Um, you know, I find myself doing some cigar watching from time to time. This is where I sit in a cigar shop, smoking a cigar, mm -hmm. and just watch for cigars. <laughs> well, you know, some people really enjoy bird watching. I have several friends right. that are avid right. uh, bird watchers. Or what is the... Or, or in th what what is the uh, word? Av anthologist. Anthologist. Ornithologist. Ornithologist. Thank you, Doug. Yeah. My bad. Ornithologist. I'm pretty sure is checking out other stuff. But but in any case, I have some friends that are really into that. But I like you. I prefer to watch for cigars. Yeah, I, I yeah. sit there and watch for cigars. It's, who's buying them? Who's yeah. going in? <laughs> who's and who's what my cigars new are coming in and out the door? <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is the Wild Breasted Patron. <laughs> you know, it's, it, 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 it's, it's kind of fun. Uh, so anyway, we'll do that. And of course, we'll have the most popular uh, segment of the program will recur, as it always seems to do, kind of like a uh, kind of like a growth that just won't go away. <laughs> won't uh, we'll be here for Drinking News. And today's Drinking News, drinking news oh, teaser headline is... That's going to leave a mark. Mm. I hit the wrong string there. A very, uh, it still sounded good to me. You know, <laughs> I can make it work. Yeah, I like it. I absolutely like it. <clears throat> so a uh, lot of lot of fun stuff to talk about. And I'm gazing at the countertop right now because it looks like there's going to be a lot of fun stuff to drink too. We did. We brought in a, a wide array of uh, options for us today. Mm -hmm. A little lighter stuff, a little heavier stuff, some real heavy stuff. I know you guys like the, uh, the creeping up ABV. Well, so that, that's like gonna... an Ian Summer pool party is right. the, uh, is the uh, high ABV. I, I is the 12% exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I have no reach. problem drinking barley wine on the river. <laughs> yeah, and he's done it too. Like, he's not kidding. He's not kidding. This is the guy that before Did I send he goes, you a picture of that last before year? He go, yes. Before he goes in 
inner tubing because you like to float down like the Frio River yeah, and yeah, stuff, yeah. right? So before he goes inner tubing, he gets the most giant cigar he can buy. <laughs> Like an and Alec a, Bradley Max or a JFR Lunatic. Do the whole and trip. Mix, and a barley one. Trip. It will almost always last longer really? than the river float. <laughs> That's like a four-hour cigar. Yes, yes. <laughs> that and a barley wine, you're the set, barley wine. <laughs> yeah. More than one. Yeah, yeah, okay. Gotcha, <laughs> gotcha. Maybe an umbrella. So you, you only bring one cigar because you got to have room for multiple beer. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> and it's wet out there. Uh, yeah. uh, right. Plus, by protect. the way, we'll be uh, sampling some whiskey today. Rabbit Hole Kentucky Straight Bourbon like Whiskey. That sounds good. Yeah, that I haven't like tried any of the rabbit hole stuff. You know, they get a, a, a bit of press. Like I've seen, uh, you know, reviews of them. I've seen when I was, in, uh, talk when I was in Kentucky, that's like all you saw advertised out well, there. Well, it is it a Kentucky whiskey, yeah, obviously. So. Everywhere. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of a big deal. But, you know, Kentucky whiskey, I was thinking about it because there's obviously a big competition, a big debate between Kentucky whiskey and Tennessee whiskey. And, of course, now Texas whiskey has made, you know, a name for itself as well. But I was just thinking the song just wouldn't have been as good if it was Kentucky whiskey. No. It's got to be Tennessee. It's got to be uh, – they're both three-syllable names, Kentucky, right, Tennessee. Right, Yeah. But the Tennessee having the emphasis on the last syllable, it makes it sound you better in the song. you got to put the emphasis on the right syllable. Yeah, that is absolutely right. Uh, and Kentucky, Kentucky it wouldn't have been the same. It, <laughs> just, it just wouldn't have been the same. So, anyway, we'll get to uh, – are you going to – I was going to play, play a little bit of it. Let's see it. Let's nah, hear it. Okay. Yeah, no. <laughs> so a lot to talk about and a lot to uh, to get to. And, uh, and, I'm, and I'm excited about the beers. You already poured me a little bit of, and we had this on the show last time, the Scout Mexican-style lager. This is just, you know, it's not necessarily what I think of when I think of True Anomaly. I have a tendency to think of, That's fair. you know, your IPAs and your your funky beers and your higher ABV things. and and uh, But Scout is probably my favorite mexican style lager of all time it's just so drinkable thank you thank you and there's some good uh, ones out there but this is this is terrific i think uh you're right on it's not maybe the first beer you think of for us but it's something that we continue to come back to and it's a part of our our stable of lineups and it's something that we're we're actually getting more into some draft out there so i brought Mm -hmm. it today just to have it as an easy drinker come something to fall back on while we delve through some of this uh more explored <laughs> yeah, some very beers. foreboding looking bottles right, here yeah, yeah. well uh, i reached out to you uh, a few months back when my sister was getting married and uh you hooked me up with a um oh you're telling you everybody s- now they're all gonna ask you, you set aside I, I paid for it but you set aside <laughs> a, 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 a keg of this uh for me to bring to my sister's wedding and it went over it was absolutely fantastic everybody loved it yeah so, just- and a lot of people there from michigan <laughs> So Michigan's big beer country. Tons kids. of people there from yeah. Michigan yeah. absolutely love big, this beer. Big, nice. big, big beer country. So yeah, yeah no, it, it it really is good, and, and it's uh, it's important. I think, despite Ian's barley wine inner tubing uh, summer escapades, uh, it's important I, you know, to have I, a good I can drink a good porters easy too. Beer. Yeah, I know you can. I and old can. ales, and you know. <laughs> start stepping it down there. <laughs> when, right. when I'm at the pool, though, this is what I want. Yeah, I'm just I'm just going to say it right. Uh, Right, right here and now. So anyway, we look forward to that. And, and uh, like I said, a lot to talk about, a lot to taste. We uh, are going to taste the whiskey as well. And I know, Ian, you've had um, an opportunity to smoke something interesting this week. Why don't you tell us about it? I did. I stopped. Uh, so uh, on a fortunate side, like there's no cigar shops on my side of town. Right. Like I got to go outside of my side of town a ways to get to a cigar shop. But a little convenience store opened up around the corner and they happen to have a little humidor in there. My wife went in there one day and said, hey. They got a little humidor. I was like, do they have actual, like, real deal cigars in there? 
and they do. So I uh, it was kind of out of cigars that I you know never tried on the show, and I went by there yesterday and got a Partagas Black Label in the little crystal tubo. Mm. And uh, so it's real pretty. Uh, there's, uh, you'll see the pictures and everything on here. But uh, this is a Robusto 5.5 by 50 size uh, with a Connecticut Medio Tiempo wrapper. It's a very dark, uh, very dark uh, Maduro wrapper. Okay. Uh, the binder is Dominican. The filler is Dominican Nicaraguan. The appearance on this dark chocolate colored wrapper, veiny and textured, leathery, overall oily feel, very firm roll uh, with a single band. It's got that classic Partagas mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. band, but the but the background on it's black, so that's how you know it's the black label. The uh, pre-light sniff on this, uh, classic tobacco, chocolate, and coffee. Not a whole lot going on in a pre-light sniff, but but very pleasant. The uh, pre-light draw, I used to punch. Um, uh, it had kind of a tight draw with the punch. Uh, I was getting kind of sweet, creamy coffee, cocoa, fermented hay, bitter chocolate uh, on that. Uh, the initial light, big, toasty pepper blast, but earthy, like strong coffee, mm -hmm. bitter chocolate, a little bit of graham cracker towards the end. Retro hail was spicy and campfire. <laughs> the first third of this, uh, the... The draw with the punch was a bit too tight, so I opened it up. I just clipped the end, um, and it, it, it opened up to about a medium draw with the clip. Uh, full strength and spicy pepper and earth complements the sweetness that follows with baking chocolate, coffee, tangy leather. The lingering aftertaste of cedar, leather, sweet coffee, retro hails, cayenne, black pepper, fermented hay, charred toast, solid ash, perfect burn. Mm -hmm. This thing was busy. <laughs> Love it. The uh, second third of this woody notes take the stage here uh, with distinctive cedar and loamy earth, uh, dark chocolate, coffee, and charred toast weave throughout while the pepper remains consistent. Copious amounts of smoke if you forth issue forth uh with a big silky mouthfeel retro hails cayenne issue forth i just issue like forth. to i just like to point that out <laughs> what you're very poetic with your <laughs> cigar that's 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 how i thought i was coming yeah. on today yeah. this is just how it is issue forth i like that let them know how flowers i gotta keep people is. interested <laughs> Usually it's beer good, but today we're issuing forth. Right, well, there you have it. Um, the retro hails cayenne, black pepper, aromatic cedar, uh, and a tangy leather, solid ash, perfect burn. The uh, last third of the cigar, pepper and spice, very peppery, very spicy. Yeah, <laughs> like this was a full flavored cigar. Do not approach this unless you got your big boy cigar uh, boots on, because. It's gonna kick your butt. It's 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 full full flavored, um, uh, very peppery and spicy. Uh, cedar and pine campfire kind of notes to it. Hints of black licorice and walnut were threading throughout this dense tapestry of full flavor. <laughs> I, I found I myself. You. I hear you. Dense tapestry. I, I found you. myself in flavor country, my friends. <laughs> <laughs> and I couldn't stop talking about he, it. He, he went. He went from. Wonderfully flowery prose <laughs> to a Budweiser commercial. That's right. Flavor country. <laughs> I think that was a Marlboro commercial. I think, I think it was. Marlboro. It is Marlboro. I was either Marlboro or like <laughs> Ham's beer. Yeah, uh, you know, I, I smoked cigarettes years and years and years ago. Yeah. And I never felt like I was in flavor country. Yeah. Even though <laughs> I smoked Marlboros. I did today, however, smoking this cigar. Um Leather, coffee, and chocolate are still in abundance along with the rich earth. Retro hail is peppery, spicy leather and cedar. Solid ash, perfect burn. It's about an $11 cigar. It gets a solid five at $11 because nice. yeah. it's not a very big cigar at $11. Right. Yeah, it's, it, it, five and a half by 50, that's a, you know, that's a Robusto. It's not 
Mm-hmm. It did smoke for a long time, though. It smoked for over an hour. Mm-hmm. And um, lots of smoke, too. And lots yeah. of smoke coming out of it. So uh, it's solid five at $11. And if you want something very full-flavored and very complex, which are sometimes hard to find together, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, this is this is a cigar for you, definitely. Nice. nice. I love it. Well, I had uh, a Camacho this week. I had the Camacho Corojo, the box press Toro, which comes in a tube, and it's a metallic uh, uh-huh. tube. And the tube is box shaped, just like that's the cigar inside. It's kind of which cool, kind of unique and kind of cool. Yeah, it really so, is. Yeah, uh, Avo had those. Uh, the Synchros yes, was a- like Avo that. Avo does right? have right. that, but and there are a few. But yeah, they're very. It's, it's very cool, like feel in the cool, hand. Cool and rare, yes. Uh, and uh, so Camacho. Camacho started out as the brainchild of Christian Iroya, or as my autocorrect in my notes says, Christian Erica. Uh, <laughs> uh, but uh, no, Christian Iroya, and we, yeah. you know, had a chance to, to hang with Justo, his brother, uh-huh. and, and his father uh, from the Aladino family. And when Christian started uh, the Camacho brand, I mean, he built it up. Built up the quality, built up the reputation. Camacho was one of my absolute go-tos yep. for a lot of years. And then he sold it for a very nice profit mm-hmm. to Davidoff, who, upon completing the purchase, immediately changed everything about it, from the packaging to the blends, and unfortunately also the, the quality. quality of the tobacco. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Smokers noticed, and Camacho, uh, now under new management, took a bit of a nosedive. So here you've got Davidoff paying a lot of money. To acquire a company and then doing everything they could to tank it right out of the gate. I stopped smoking Camacho altogether same, after that. Same, same here. Uh, but Davidoff did realize that they needed to rescue the brand, and they began to slowly but surely ramp the quality of Camacho back up. I've had a handful of them in the last several years, and they have been much better. So let's talk about the Corojo Box Press Toro. From Camacho, as I mentioned, I absolutely love the packaging. I mean, it is it is just really cool, bold, colorful, uh, very very cool. Now the cigar itself is a Honduran puro, and I don't know if I've had a lot of Honduran puros. Had Nicaraguan puros and Dominican puros, mm-hmm. but uh, this uses a Cuban seed Honduran grown Corojo wrapper and all Honduran binder and filler in the cigar. The pre-light on this, both the sniff and the cold draw, gave me lots of grass, hay, and a kind of ripe uh, barnyard smell, which I know sounds like that might be an unpleasant, but it wasn't. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's a really nice uh, nice thing, but certainly noticeable. Uh, but none of that once I lit it up. I got a nice peppery kick, not quite enough to be called a Honduran pepper blast. <laughs> but, uh, uh, you know, you get you get the idea. Uh, once that settled down, though, it was cedar and a nutty vibe that dominated the first third. A little bit of sweetness emerged once I got to about the, uh, the second third. The pepper settled down and settled in, which means it wasn't as big, but it was definitely going to be here for the duration. Uh, I also got a little bit of earthiness which blended well with the overall vibe of the cigar. It's a pretty, pretty pleasant experience. By the final third, I was getting a little bit of citrus zest. That pepper note was continuing, and I thought I got a, a little bit of baking spice also on the, uh, on the finish especially. Construction was solid. The ash held on very well. I flicked it off into my Star Trek ashtray about an inch in, but I'll bet it would have held on uh, a little bit longer. Uh, the cigar smoked like a medium to full, which is kind of my... Sweet spot mm. for cigars. I enjoyed <clears throat> the Camacho Corojo Box Press Toro. I really did. For a reason I can't quite put my finger on, I wasn't as enthusiastic about it as I kind of had expected to be. Mm. 
Maybe it's the cool package. I don't know. Uh, don't get me wrong. It was a good cigar. It had decent balance, good flavors. I enjoyed the tingle that it left on the palate. It, was, it wasn't just like this, you know, pepper bomb, but it was enough to give you that little tingly uh, thing on the tongue. Uh, maybe I'm just having trouble getting over my prejudice against mm -hmm. uh, Davidoff That's what it sounds for like. almost destroying a great brand. Uh, but I will say this. If you smoked a, cigar, uh, a Camacho... During the dark years, uh, oh, when, yeah. they, when they, I'll, I'll just say it, they absolutely suck. The before time. Yeah. Don't be afraid to try them now that <laughs> Davidoff has resurrected the brand. It really was an enjoyable cigar. And unlike the ones in Davidoff's core line, it's not unreasonably priced. By the way, I've said Davidoff eight times now. Yeah, oh, yeah. You How much do like I owe them? Fifty dollars each yeah, it's time. Kind of, it's kind of like if you say Super Bowl, like you have to pay. <laughs> you have to pay the NFL. I think they owe you money on yeah, this one. Maybe. I don't know. I mean, was, uh, what was the price point? Uh, at nine dollars a stick for a cigar that you could actually carry in your pocket without messing it up That's because nice. of the metal tube, I'll give it a thumbs up and a price to a price to quality score of five, which means you get what you pay for. Uh, at nine dollars, I, I can definitely give you that. Finally, Davidoff has a cigar. Where you get what you pay for, mm. <laughs> and that is worth celebrating, right? Don't you think? And it's under twenty dollars. Yeah, I'm going to celebrate with some Scout Mexican style lager uh, from True Anomaly, and I'll also celebrate by taking a break. When we come back, we're going to start drinking beer. I say as if I haven't started drinking beer. <laughs> what do you mean by start? Right, continue <laughs> uh, into the next segment of beer. There we go. There we go. And excited about it. Michael Duckworth from True Anomaly is with us. This is Smoking and Toasting, two eighty eight. It is. Welcome back. It is Smoking and Toasting. Our program is about craft beer, uh, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. And before we get into the tasting, but but not too long before, because I don't want to delay any of this any longer than we have to. We mentioned this story last week, but we didn't get to it. And I, I thought it'd be interesting to, to get Michael's take on this. Um, NOLA Brewing out of New Orleans. Mm -hmm. Very fine brewery. And they also have a satellite brewery in our city, in Houston. They make some great beers. They are releasing what, to my knowledge, is the world's first beer that was created by artificial intelligence. Mm. It's an AI-created craft beer called AI Blonde Ale. And they've already done their launch party in New Orleans for this uh, to coincide with the CVPR, which is the world's uh, premier computer vision. This event. just proves that even artificial intelligence is just done with IPAs. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, we're just sick of them, okay? Come on now. <laughs> just sick of IPAs. I, I am not sick of IPAs. I, I, seriously, I, and I know what you're getting at because it was such a thing for a while that everybody was just was just cranking them out. I mean, your brewery you know, has a nice the, selection the of IPAs ones, that I completely ignore when I go in there. The, good. The, and, the and good drink all the Belgian style beers. The, the good ones, though, have stuck around. Yeah, yeah. You know, because there's... Uh, there's definitely an appetite for it. And I just find, you know, to me, the only criticism I could give of IPAs is that sometimes they don't go with cigars all that well. That's about the only criticism I could give. To me, that's just whenever you get into that hoppy, like citrusy kind of flavor, that that wonderful beer bitter, it's just that that's what beer's all about mm -hmm. to me. Uh, but 
not that's the only kind not not as complimentary all the time that's why we go towards the belgians which have that nice little spice character but see i have to speak up for my favorite beer style that's good it's still 25 percent on the market for the record so they're doing they're doing ipas they're still doing okay don't don't worry about ipas because it's disparaged so often by my partner here on the show (laughs) i I, I I feel about i I actually like ipas andrew i'm just a little tired of like everything being ipa yeah i get Mm -hmm. it i get it but in fairness though there has been great diversification of available beer styles over the last two years i mean you're you're right it used to be you go in and you look and there'd be like 48 different ipas and a couple of other things Mm -hmm. and now it's much more everything's much more widely represented lagers are coming in very very lagers are coming in huge right now which is uh, the newest ipa trend quite honestly is a cold ipa which is a lagered ipa (laughs) right there you go Uh, there's there's always going to be something but but you're right lagers have become a thing I think you're going to see every style of craft beer have its own sort of little mini renaissance in in the years to come. Because if you think about it, a lot of people who are drinking craft beer now have become craft beer drinkers over the last, say, three to five years. Oh, certainly. Yeah, yeah. that's when it's that's maybe, when it's maybe grown. a little longer, but sure. Yeah, yeah. But, but not, that's not when it's long, grown long most exponentially is in the last you know several years. So as those people, you know maybe move on from drinking IPAs and try other things, you're going to see, I think, an explosion. You're seeing, look at uh, look at like farmhouse ales or Saison's. Mm-hmm. Those beers are getting, much, even though they're still not nearly the most popular style, they're much more popular than they were just a few yeah, years I, ago. I, I, yeah, the way I would equate it is, I mean, you look at uh, an entry-level wine drinker and they're coming in and they're having their Kim Crawford Sauve Blanc and enjoying it, you know, and that's all, if you da- skip, all, all that's, day, every day. That's and, if you skipped over White Zinzendale. That's Or Eco Domani, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, you know, there exactly. was a stepping stone exactly. there. Yes, but, yes. but then eventually you kind of grow up and out of that and you say, hey, you know, what else is a little more interesting? What's <laughs> hey, what, some what complexity vintage is this to box? <laughs> that's right. Exactly. That's right. <laughs> oh, oh, that's a 2023. Yeah, <laughs> so we're uh, yeah, so we haven't even produced that's it February. Yet. <laughs> it's, it's next year's. Yeah. So uh, so yeah, I mean that's what we're seeing as well with the. Uh, I, I think you're on the nose there, Cruz. Is that you know people are coming in and you know in, in our shop at least we see it because we do offer a wide variety of. Uh, yeah, you've got a lot of beers that, on the menu there. that you know obviously we have our IPA lovers and again that's always yeah. going to be 25. percent But the other 75 percent are coming in mm-hmm. and they're wanting something a little lighter. They're wanting something a little different. All these little wild funky numbers that we do, people are getting a little bit more intrigued upon, and especially when. The uh, the heat of of uh, Houston summers upon you. Yeah. You start saying, "Hey, what what else do we have here?" Because I'm yeah. getting a little weighed down by these, you yeah, know, sure. eight nine percent, you uh-huh. know, hazies or whatever. You know, they're they're nice, but. Yeah. So I have a feeling, though, that after saying that, you're going to move us right to a, I am. Uh, a 14 uh, uh, percent. No, I'm going uh, to move you right. into. Now we uh, have an IPA. <laughs> that's right. That's right. So this is about a uh, 7 percent uh, wild ale. Uh, so okay. this is called uh, Native Sky. It's a, a beer produced with um, some yeast that was cultivated out of the Big Bend area. So uh, it's uh, we call it a wild Texas ale. It's literally never been produced before. We worked with uh, Community Cultures. Uh, yeast laboratory to uh, help harvest it. Actually, they went out harvest it. We got it from them. Uh, spent about twelve months in uh, wood aging. The food are there. Bottle conditioned for about another six or so. So this is going to have some nice ripe pineapple. Let's get that. Let's get that. Oh, oh see, there it is. He's a veteran guest. Is yes, what he, he is. knows. He knows how it works. It's going to have a so, nice uh, ripe pineapple. Um, little hay characteristics. Uh, definitely have some uh, mineral qualities to it. Um, again, it's this is going to be a little Brett for it as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and for those that uh, are a little less familiar with Brett, that's that's where you get a little bit more of that barnyard uh, mm-hmm. hay. Brett's um, kind of like the 
the the familial nickname for Brettanomyces. Tanamyces. Oh, am I saying it wrong? I, I you got it. I was like ninety nine percent of the okay. way there. I, I feel like All you right. did well. Well, let me ask you this: while <laughs> while we're while we're uh, you know getting the nose on this, and while Ian gul oh. gulps his down, um, what exactly is the difference between a wild ale, a farmhouse ale, and a saison? Sure. So uh, a saison is going to be in the farmhouse family. Um, so uh, specific to kind of this what lovely what mm. type of yeast you're utilizing. So saison okay. is a specific saison type of a, yeast, a right? Specific it's, it's, yeast. It's Got French it. in origin, and um, if you've had a traditional saison, it's going to have a little bit of a kind of orange, nice uh, aromatics on the front end, um, maybe a little um, wheat uh, for body, and then it's going to have a nice little. Sp spicy pepper bite that, that lingers mm -hmm. out yeah and a nice little kind of uh earthy um again hay kind of character to it funk mm -hmm. when you get to the farmhouse you get a little funkier and again <laughs> yeah, that's where funk. the yeast comes in and then wild is kind of mixed uh fermentation so mixed culture so you, you might even not even be able to identify all the yeast bacterium that that are in there it's going to mm -hmm. have some Britannomyces, it's going to have some uh sac yeast but it's also might have a little pediococcus or lactobacillus in there as well which are going to affect the tartness or richness of uh, the acidity in the beer so uh so we're, we're getting wild right we're getting way out yeah. there outside okay. of so, so that's the, why it's a wild ale is because there's so much going on it's why, right right it can go in a lot from, of right? different directions and yeah. obviously we're gonna we're gonna have some sips so you already kind of beat me on this you're gonna, oh yeah, yeah. i'm doing research some complexities here hopefully there's you know, a lot yeah. of complexity. One of the things that's so striking, too, um, outside of the fact that it has the sour in it, it has a champagne kind of finish mm -hmm. to yes, it. Yes, it does. Real dry. It really does. A really dry sort kind of, of brute, finish. Uh, it's really, really finish. nice. Yeah, so these uh, these beers generally finish, uh, with, and when we look at the uh, alcohol content and gravity on them, right, uh, these finish pretty close to one, which means that it's completely fermented out all the residual sugars that we had built into right, the so. beer. So it's going to finish real dry, right? That residual sweetness mm -hmm. is going to have dissipated. So it even kind of looks like get. a champagne bottle in many right. ways. In the seven fifties, we we you know take our cues there. Mm -hmm. um, the next one we're going to have, you're going to really talk about how this is very similar to a, a you know another wine, what rosé, but um, and that's a fruited option. But this uh, should elicit you know some good. You know, farmhouse characteristics mm -hmm. kind of feel um, uh, like you're a little lighter in character. It's not going to weigh you on, down. On the retro hill, you can just get some of that weedy mm -hmm. uh, kind of thing going on, too. I'm pretty sure that we talked about this the last time that you were here in the studio with us, Michael. But here at Smoking a Toast, and I think it's safe for us to say that we want the funk. Yes. We want the funk. That's yeah, right. We got to have yeah. the funk. Yeah. It's yeah. good. It's good funk character. Yeah. This one's... This the the uh, the the fruit up front on this is so like attractive, like you just keep wanting to go back to right. it. Right, yeah. it, it has that you know we call it the Doritos effect. The, you know, once you have swallowed and you put your your glass down and your your palate saying, let's have a little mm. more. Like of I that. want this, I want this with a side of ceviche. I think. Ooh, like, that would oh, be yeah, good. that'd be real good. <laughs> that would be yeah. real good. You make me hungry yeah. now. This has a nice little. Uh, we we say ripe pineapple, but it mm -hmm. does like a little mm -hmm. overly ripe sweaty pineapple is another fun right, term right, right. we like to. Sweaty pineapple, I like yeah. that. I like that. Yeah, that's that's All a good right. one. So, so while we're going through this one and talking, I'm going to go ahead and get this other guy pulled. Okay, so this is something that is available now at the brewery. That is true. Currently available, uh, also at select spec stores. Oh, okay, good, uh, Total good. Wine, H E B. 
Um, all those have been so great partners it, with I mean, us. Please. H-E-B, for those who are not from Texas, H-E-B is you know one of the more popular Texas uh, grocery stores. But are they carrying the bombers in, in this? Certain locations are. Uh, I think so uh, cool. the more Alabama, Bunker Hill. Um, we have, uh, I think, down in Clear Lake. Again, we have a very I've, strong I've presence there. I've been noticing so. that your cans especially have had a lot, uh, a lot more presence in the H-E-Bs. And in mm-hmm. Specs recently, they're carrying more and more varieties yep. of what you have. Yeah, again, these guys have been great partners with us. We're, we're a very small brewery, just, you know, for clarification. You know, we've got, you know, maybe 12, 13 employees. Does everything uh, happen right there on the premises? Right? It does, right there. Uh, and we're, that we're is, looking. That is small. Yeah, it is. We're looking at uh, expanding. We're actually in talks right now. Hopefully this next month we're going to close on a new oh. property. Oh, um, but it'll be away. another two years before we're going to move away from my house, are no, you? No, no, we're still going to be okay. over there. Okay, okay, good, good. You worried me there for a moment, yeah. Michael, because, you know, that was – that was the second. We're, uh, if, we're if looking at expanding the production house. If you've got oh, budget gotcha. while you're expanding for about three figures and someone who has no discernible talent, let me know. You don't have to look gotcha. any further. Three figures? Yeah. <laughs> Let's see what I can do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think we can put you to work. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I know I've said it so many times before, but just thinking of Ian getting a job at a brewery <laughs> reminds me of the Cheers episode <laughs> where Norm became the beer taster and he went up and hugged the uh, the tank when he saw it. Uh, it was a beautiful moment in television. Beautiful moment. <laughs> Most viewed. Yes, absolutely. All right, so tell us what this one is so again. let me tell you about this next one. So this Look one, at the color of this yeah, first yeah, off. So and I'm going to compare because I've still got a little of the first one And I wanted you to here. have that, yeah. And, and look at the difference in color. This is much more amber. Uh, a little, almost a little red. Yeah, a little it bit is, red. and that's because yeah. uh, this is actually fruited. Almost so, like lush. Uh, so this is a secondary um, uh, refermentation on the fruit itself. So we had okay. previously a raspberry and cherry uh, plume or, or straight uh, sour beers. We reused the fruit that came off that first use mm-hmm. into this. It gives it a nice little more nuanced touch of fruit. Nice rosé, kind of, if you think of a petite rosé while you is, have this, along with because, the carbonation. Is that because a lot of the juices went away the That's first correct. time? That's correct, yeah. So, so you got pun- more of what so lingers. the first round was real pungent. Right, right. If right. you like raspberry, you're going to love this. This one is uh, with the raspberry and cherry combined. Again, it, it gives it that nice little rosé character. I love the cherry little floral. Totally. Yeah. Um, again, finishes real dry, and because of the higher carbonation, has a nice, again, you kind of feel like it's a little more champagne-y, sparkling mm. uh, rosé, right? Um, this was aged uh, for about six months um, in wood. Again, mixed culture fermentation. Um, you need to just offer this with an Aladino Connecticut cigar. Like, oh, how great would that be? That would be like feels like they would just match perfectly. Oh, absolutely amazing. Mm. It's got such a it's got such a on the tongue fruitiness to it. Mm-hmm. It's almost like you ever get one of those like lifesavers candies that you can't figure out what berry it is, <laughs> yeah. but it's but berry. they're all kind when of they rolling were mixing around. Flavors, right. They just, they're yeah, all yeah. just kind of rolling around. It reminds me that not that it tastes like a lifesaver, but it reminds right. me of that experience because you're like oh, there's so much fruit going on yeah. in there right now. I like the fruit. I feel like it's uh it's not uh overbearing. It's not again mm-hmm. it, it it gives it the sense of it. You get a, a nice it's not full too mouth. sweet. Yeah, it's yeah. not too sweet. Right. Overall sweetness. And that's again because it it fermented and finished out pretty dry. So uh, well, I'm I'm really excited this about one this has, one. I, I it's been going like hotcakes at the brewery. This and, one has uh, a little more uh carbonation to it it feels it does. Too. It's just a little higher. 
And, and what's the ABV on this versus the uh, the native sky that we tried first? Yeah, so they're actually uh, right about seven percent. Okay. So, uh, but um, again, so that, that can like be a little a, same ABV as like most IPAs. Right. Yeah. You know? But they're a little more deceiving because you're not going to pick up the heat as much. Right. I, I don't seem to anyway. I think after you let it settle, after you uh, exhale, you can. You know, kind of let it set, and then okay, I could feel a little warmth in my in my throat. But it's seven or eight percent. You're but not going to get yeah, a huge not, amount to boozy. that anyway. It, yeah, it didn't come off boozy at all. I don't uh, think most beers come off boozy until you start actually tipping twelve percent most of the time. Well, that's when you start really noticing. <laughs> Wait till the next set. <laughs> <laughs> Challenge accepted. Right. We uh, we warmed uh, you up with the the nice light lager. Now we're into the seven eight percent little and, uh, nice uh, sour farmhouse it all, numbers. It and, all spirals downhill mm -hmm. from here. I like where this mm -hmm. is going. Going into yeah. Belgians and yeah, well, big, big strong stuff. Well, next. that's what, and I, I don't want to jump ahead, but I see this one's called Early Birds Coffee and Old Ale Molasses and Vietnamese Coffee, and I can already see that's twelve point two. So, right. uh, so I mean, that's that's pretty that's, big. That's I like, as I like a beer when you accidentally drip some on your arm. It doesn't roll off <laughs> yeah. before you have a chance to, you know. You can, yeah, you can get back to it. <laughs> don't, I, I, let him, don't, don't waste any. Don't let him fool you. He likes beer that has stuff in it that you can chew. Mm -hmm. I, well, yeah, I don't mind chunky beers. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sorry. All right. All right. So we're going to take a break, and we will be back. we got uh, uh, more things. To, we want to talk about the stone thing because this is such big news. I don't in, know what to in say. In the world of, uh, of I'm beer. I'm hurt and confused. Uh, so, yeah. Well, here's what we're going to do. Ian. We will tell you that you'll feel hurt and confused, and then we will calm right. your, your hurt and confused ah, ways. The cause of the solution to all men's problems. <laughs> True anomaly. We'll be right back. It's smoking and tasting. <laughs> Welcome back and smoking and toasting, where I almost spilled my beer. <laughs> we were talking during the break about Nicolas Cage, and of course, that always leads you down many, many interesting and, and varied paths. And our new podcast called yeah. Caged Up. That's right, Caged <laughs> Up is going to be our new podcast, where all we do is talk about Nicolas Cage movies. That's right. Both the good ones and the bad ones, or just about as. I feel like there's a lot of material here. If we just oh, keep well, on digging, in. no, we we talked about Nicolas Cage getting thrown out of the uh, restaurant in Las Vegas. He was all drunk. He was wearing those leopard pants. Remember that? Wasn't that a drinking news story at yeah. one point? He's yeah. supposed to be drunk at yeah, a restaurant. Of course, you're supposed to be. It's Vegas. You're Nicolas Cage. <laughs> right. Why would you be sober? What are they, what are they upset yeah, about? Come on, it's the pants. Uh, well, guys, in the world of American craft beer. There has never been a brewery that trumpeted its independence and disdain for sellouts louder than Stone Brewing Company. And I, I, let me just yes. let me just stop here and say, I've been a fan of Stone. Oh, I, I am as well. From the first time I ever tried one, I was blown away by how good. Yeah. And mm -hmm. and you know what? I'm not the biggest fan of IPAs. The Stone IPAs, <laughs> but no, it's pretty true. badass. Stone really, yeah. Stone really Arrogant was founded. Bastard. That was one of the first. Really Arrogant Bastard founded on IPAs. Arrogant Bastard, like, was one of my first, like, craft brews that that like no one else would try but me. Like it says, it you're says not on the back of the bottle, it says you're not, you're worthy. not gonna like this. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, when I uh, when I was uh, single and I would go out just to go out to have drinks. I used to go to Anvil. It's a really mm -hmm. high-end uh, craft cocktail, craft cocktail mm -hmm. bar. And I would go to Anvil, and I wouldn't order cocktails. I'd order beers because they had 
all these different stone beers, mm -hmm. these stone IPAs that I'd never until then tried before, and they were on tap, and they were just that was when I just found out about oh my god, a stone triple IPA. Are mm -hmm. you kidding me? Like that's that's oh, man. nuts. That's right. You know, and you, uh, can't, you can find our beer at Anvil. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Good segue. Yeah, you got it. All right. <laughs> uh, by the way, so by many. the way, they should. Because Stone sold out now. Yeah, yeah. For decades, <laughs> I, oh, for decades, Hold Greg on, Cook's let me, company. Let me get sad music going no, on. No, listen, for decades, Stone ridiculed breweries that sold or were acquired by Big Beer and kind of portrayed themselves as, you know, valiant knights in a grand fight against an evil empire. And then times got a little hard, and Greg Cook and Stone sold out. Um, Stone, I remember, by the way, and this is not the first time they've kind of flipped positions on something, because I remember when the pandemic first, when we first went into lockdown, and I was thinking about, you know, um, craft, be craft breweries are going to have a hard time, mm -hmm. uh, you know, during this time. You know what I'll do is I'll, uh, I'll, I'll go and I'll, I'll order merch. Mm -hmm. From from a craft brewery, what a guy! Just just to do support, what a right? Guy. So I went, I looked at a few different ones, and and found a shirt I really liked on Stone's website, and so I ordered a T-shirt, and it arrived in the mail a week later, and and uh, with it they put some, you know, some little stickers and and coasters, and and one of them was this. I'm trying to remember the exact wording, but it was uh, it was something like a hard seltzer. Where bad taste and horrible mixology meet, or something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm not saying it correct, but it was a, it was it was bear. a total slam on hard seltzer. So imagine my surprise a year later when Stone came out with a hard seltzer. Mm -hmm. You know, and so it's not the first time they've done what politicians call flip flopping. Mm -hmm. You know, money money talks, and yeah, you know, there's another yeah. half of that thing. Yes, <laughs> right. and and we totally you get can say it. That so. Here. <laughs> So basically, they have sold out and are fully merging with Sapporo. Sapporo. Now, I will tell you, I enjoy that's, Sapporo every that's now and then. Odd. It's yeah. not. It's not a terrible yeah, beer. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, especially if you're having sushi or. Yeah, if or, I have a sake yeah. shot right next yeah, right, to Sapporo, yeah. great. Yeah, great. But, Sapporo is one of those those oddly <coughs> specific beers. I suppose. Yeah. Right, no, that, that's a good point. A Japanese a good rice point. lager. Right. Yes. Because yeah. if I'm going to have uh, a Sapporo. It's not just sitting around what at my the, house on a Friday no, night. We tried a rice lager from someone else that was absolutely terrible. Who, mm -hmm. did we try? Who was mm. that? I can't remember what brewery that was. I don't either, but I remember we didn't I remember, like was it. it Local? Uh, no, I think you got. I think it was one you got on uh, Tavor or one of those. I think things. it may have been. Yeah, but it was one of those Japanese rice lagers, and it was not. But good. it was made by an American brewery. It was a Japanese rice yeah, lager. And it, yeah. was, it was terrible. Yeah, it, was, it was not. <laughs> yeah. it, it was not. That's good. no bueno. So, uh, you know, and what do we do? We have a number. Are we ready for that? Uh, do you know the number? Yeah. Uh, yeah. A, what, what was it? 165. 165 million. That is correct. Which mm -hmm. honestly, again, I just, I just thought it was a little low. I thought, I don't, I, you know, I don't know what their internals look like. I just thought, hey, it's, you know. I watched a very interesting. Huge stone. What's a very interesting documentary, and I apologize immediately for not remembering the name of it, but there was an interesting documentary that I watched on Amazon Prime, I believe it was. About and it was about Stone trying to establish themselves as a craft beer in 
Europe. They they mm. opened a brewery in Germany, a brewery and a brew pub in Germany. And it was very interesting. You got to know the guys and their ethos, and they rode their bikes everywhere, and they had that sort of like mm -hmm. Southern California vibe going on. And you're, you're like totally rooting for them. And then it isn't a success. And they wind up having to shut down their European uh, brewery. And their whole idea was they wanted to bring American right. craft beer to Europe. But, oh, fortunately, that was an empty glass. European breweries are already doing that, by the way. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I get it. I get it. But <laughs> but this might have been a little before that that trend you know, caught on. This is maybe 10 years ago. and uh, But it was just interesting to me because throughout the whole documentary, I'm thinking this is going to wind up with them really making their mark in Europe and being a success. Right. And instead, the documentary ends when they kind of shut down and go back to San Diego with their tail between their legs. So it's a little, it's, little more uphill than they thought. Yeah, it was yeah. Yeah. So the report that I read said a lot. Of, I mean, one element of their selling, I think, is is attributed to that. But also they, you know, just spread themselves a little thin. They right, tried to become right. more super regional, try to get everywhere all the time. And, and you know, I, the listen, craft I, market right now seems to be going more local, more right, hyper local. More hyper local. The hyper local. To the, the people in our city and more breweries. We've are talked up about this a little bit. To be that representative part. Sorry, where some ahead, of man. the some of the breweries coming out now, especially in the last couple of years, but the trend seems to be like breweries are now a destination to hang out. They're now like going back to. Going back to uh, to being that local watering hole, so mm -hmm. to speak, mm -hmm. and then, representative of the culture, of right. the area. I, mean, I want to visit right. and get a taste in, of the community by going fact, to this place. Yeah, yes. and we've talked about this that it's actually been a little bit detrimental to those bars that are known for having a whole bunch of taps and being sort of yeah, like a yeah. beer bar because people are going kind of like Just straight to, to the, the source. Instead, right. yeah. But I will tell you, uh, when I had um, your IPA right from the tap at true anomaly that was the best glass of it i'd ever had there's something to be said Straight particularly with source. certain beer styles yeah. so of getting it right from the right, source right. so we, uh, we, you know we pour right off those tanks in the back right the it's tank all, fresh it's, it's literally all, as fresh as you can it's possibly about as get awesome it. as it can go through yeah. another vessel and yeah. just, that's where it ended so how do you how do you feel about the difference between the way a beer tastes generally when it's canned versus bottled versus uh versus kegged Personally, yeah. So uh, I, draft, you're going to get as close to the original form. I always as draft as possible. always has a little bit right. I think more, honestly, I think, better, I think I think bottle condition does a little bit better than can and and cans. You know, your everyday solution. So right, uh, right. so obviously we have yeah, it in abundance. I, see, I'm and, that and, way too. But, I'm I'm a bottle beer guy. I just but for me, that comes less from you know sort of bottle conditioning like you're doing here. Although I agree that would not probably be quite as good out of a can but I, i'm i'm more of a bottle guy because i'm i'm that outlier i like my beer really cold mm -hmm. like i would love if you guys would release this scout mexican lager in bottles because oh, that yeah. would be so cold and delicious and oh. then we go bankrupt yeah so i know i get it i get it i get it i'm not i'm not even asking you to i'm just you know a man can drink um so uh so, so let's I'm a, try i'm a can fan to be honest yeah i know you are we've had this debate uh, and, and cans like to be on the river. way easier to, to crush too. against your forehead yeah. you know ian and i agree on a lot many things a, a, a lot many things a lot many things a lot, a lot many, many things, things. <laughs> we started at seven percent yeah uh ian and i agree on a lot of things but there are several marked differences and they have a tendency to come up frequently on the show <laughs> he's a canned beer guy i'm a bottled beer guy uh he's a, a big beer uh you know dark beer guy i'm an ipa guy and for some reason 
he believes that martinis made with vodka are not even allowed to be called martinis. They're not martinis. This is They're only gin vodka. Only gin vodka. Or I'm sorry, only gin martinis. Yeah, we started at 7%. Well, no, a martini is made with gin. A kangaroo is made with vodka. Uh, it's, but, ah. uh, see, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not buying in. Okay, so so here's the deal. If you walk up to a bartender and you say, I'd <laughs> like a martini, okay? Uh-huh. And that bartender asks you, would you like gin or vodka? Mm -hmm. Don't get a martini from that person. But that's something if you that walk Chris up and Morris you say, might ask I would you. like a martini, and they make you a martini, they will make it with gin. If you walk up and you want something that's not made with gin, then you go up and you designate, I would like a vodka martini, because it's not a martini. It's a vodka martini. See, I'm, I'm going to order a martini kangaroo. in front of you next time see, we go. See what I'm talking about? I go out, see I'm going to do about? it. I'm you like, do I'm that. Gonna, and if the bartender right says, would you like gin? <laughs> Or vodka. Do not get one from them. No, I'm gonna I'm gonna get a vodka martini, and I'm just gonna see you go ape shit. <laughs> so I don't <laughs> look. I don't. I don't mind. Just see what happens. I don't mind a quote unquote vodka martini, but up. it's a kangaroo. I will just I will just say this. Well, I'll order a kangaroo, and then when they look at me blank eyed, yeah, like what the I'll hell say, are you okay, talking about? Okay, can I just get a, a vodka, vodka martini? martini right. And they're gonna uh, do it right. I'll just I'll just say this though. I think we can all agree on this. If you go into a bar and you order a margarita and the bartender says with tequila, you don't want you that guy's margarita. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So we could all agree on that one. At Although least. if he asked me with mezcal, I'd say, oh, thank you for asking. Well, uh, so, but that could be interesting because <laughs> they could, do make margaritas I, I would with do mezcal. But then right. you would go ask for a mezcal mar uh, margarita, right? Or, or, yeah. Or, yeah. And they or, call that a kangaret. Uh, I was going to say a, I was going to say a bumblebee or something, but yes, yes, you're absolutely right. Touche. So touche. <laughs> I like when you're on the show, man. Did, uh, I, did you, I mention Jeff. that? All right. So are we trying to belch? It's called a so little prick because uh, those plants have. I'm sorry. Go yeah. <laughs> so uh, so right, I ordered Thai food last night and I got the fat prick king. Oh, that's oh. good. Yeah, that's good. Wonderful. Yeah. Although it's a little hard to order, uh, it's easier online than if you're phoning in your order. But I digress. What are we drinking? We're drinking a very traditional Belgian triple. It's a, mm. a bottle conditioned. Uh, everything we do with this beer is in line with uh, the way it would be oh. done in Belgium. That's and, really good. Uh, it's, it's not, you know, it's it's a little bit more single note than some of the other opportunities, you know, some of the things we've had. We have turned but, 180 degrees but, from the beers we were having mm -hmm. earlier. But this but is, wow, uh, this is good. Yeah, 9%, um, you know, triple, very traditionally done. If you like your Belgian character, you're going to get some nice, again, little orange on the front end you're gonna get a nice spice you're gonna have a nice balance of uh little stone fruit characters along with the alcohol um to me i think you know next to the quad it's probably you know my second favorite so, yeah, uh, belgian beer yeah. <laughs> see so, this is this is the kind of stuff i order when i go into your brewery because you guys more than most breweries you guys always have two or two to four different belgian style things we try yeah and I love that. Like, you're the only brewer I know of that usually has that many of that style. Mm -hmm. and, 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 you know, every time I order it, it comes in a little too late. You know? <laughs> but yeah. they, keep on, they keep on shortchanging me, I tell you. <laughs> no, I'm not, I'm not mad about that. I know what I'm getting, but uh, a lot of times I don't even realize when I'm ordering it. And then I'm like, oh, I did that again. Yeah. Uh, this must be 9 or 10%. <laughs> right. So let me ask you this. Is, because this immediately makes me think of... You know, Oktoberfest mm -hmm. and, you know, the whole Munich style and, and, and pretzels. Is Oktoberfest a, as a beer? Is it a style? It's not really a style, is it? I don't because I think it's a, a Marzen. Marzen is the but style. But do they have to be Marzens to be Oktoberfest? 
No, uh, which, what, what's the clarification? What's the classification? Are we going to get a judge or are we just going to go sell a beer? Well, you sell right. a beer, call, slap a label on, do right. whatever you want. Because I think you I've know, had Oktoberfest that have been more just like, uh, you know, more regular. Well, Marzen is a style or, of lager. Yeah. And, right. and we, so we did a Vienna lager, right? And very similar to Marzen. And so there's, there's somewhere in that range. Is where people say, "Oh, it's an Oktoberfest." It qualifies. Beer. It classifies. Right. As this an is what I'm fest. used to getting at. At you know, mm-hmm. a pint or not a pint of. What, what but I think that traditionally, it's it's that style was brewed at that time of year, right? And so therefore, it gets the name. Like you have. What well, was lagered? It was held. It was aged. Right, right, right. So that's when the celebration came. They had made the yield. You know, March, April, May. We got all the grains. And John Barleycorn must die. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. We coming in, and then we age it for a few months, and then yeah. it's October, and now we're ready to. That's a really depressing song, unless you know what it's about. Yes, it by is. the way, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, uh, so have you guys ever released something you called Oktoberfest? We have not. We did a Vienna Lager, and right. we called it such. Uh, we didn't, you know, step in. Now that being said, we've had some Oktoberfest parties mm-hmm, and festivals, mm-hmm. and that's what we served, right? Of course, so, it makes sense. Um, so for us, you know, we're not. Well, this is a really delicious beer. You mentioned it's much more of a one note than what we were trying with so much complexity, but it really, really works. Like it's but it's one note that's really. This good. is one note, but it's a maestro at that note. It right, is, exactly. It is exactly. fruity Belgian right up front. It's got just a kiss of bitter on yeah. the finish. Um, and a little of that orange peel kind of lingering, mm-hmm. right? That that's that, like a little astringency to it, but it's, it's still sweet. And uh, I love right. this. It's kind of like is, thank you. I yeah. could pick I, up. I, I you probably can't through, tell by the way I talked about I, it. I, I plow through these. It's, it's a little more than you should. Again, nine percent doesn't always hit you the way it should. It's kind of like this. I could pick up a guitar, and I could play you a little run of notes. Right? Play a chord, little run of notes. Slash could pick up a guitar, and play one note and kick my ass. Right. That's kind of what, what this does. You know, it does its one note so well that you kind of go, yeah, I didn't need to do more than that. I have a that. friend of mine that, uh, that had call played. We're going to triple now. I, like <laughs> I like that. Yeah. <laughs> I, had a, I had a friend of mine that had played a couple times with, uh, or something. Like it. with uh, Stevie Ray Vaughan, and he goes, that guy, I mean, it didn't even matter what condition he was in. He would just get up and bend one note all over you. <laughs> like, it didn't matter what you played. That's, that's really cool. One of my favorites. That, that's, a, that's a great quote. That's a great quote. All right. And a good quote to end the segment. And we will uh, take a break and we'll be back because there's so much more to do, including uh, a little whiskey right. tasting. And it won't be long, my friends. Drinking news is one on last, the way. Uh, one last little cheers to Stone. Farewell, cheers. good yes. buddies. Yeah. Stone. Hey, man. Please don't change the beer. Hey, you know, I'm not going to hate on you. I'm not gonna buy you anymore. <laughs> That's a jam right there. Welcome back. It is Smoking and Toasting. We are the program that's all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. It's show number 288 today, and our guest is Michael Duckworth, True Anomaly Brewing. We are always thrilled to have you on the program, uh, Michael. And, you know, we we enjoy hanging with you even if you didn't bring such good beer. Thank you. But thank that you does, much. we'll be honest, that does. test that theory one that day. Does, <laughs> it does <laughs> make us that no much beer. more excited. I'm here to yeah. drink your whiskey and yeah. talk about the well, other stuff. Well, you know, people do that, though. You, you, have you met uh, uh, Alan Denny? Mm-mm. Uh, yeah, well, he shows up without, you know, bringing beer or 
whiskey or nothing. Yeah. Yeah. That's why we don't keep on asking him on. <laughs> Actually, we do ask him on. Oh, you're friend. ruining he, all my life. He, 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 he's a good friend and he doesn't always show up empty handed. Yeah, I think he has before when his pod crashed, but uh, but he doesn't always show up empty handed. So. Sounds loose. Oh, well done. Well done. Uh, Ian and I we were had, actually... We had one a few weeks ago that was good and scrunchy. And I kept doing that while he was talking. <laughs> it was almost like having a DJ scratching behind mm-hmm. you. You know, It was very very similar to that. Uh, Ian and I were actually together when we bought this bottle. And somehow we have managed not to open it. So uh, we're excited to be uh, tasting it for the first time. Because it was two time. days ago, Chris. Yeah, that's because <laughs> we did it right before the show. Uh, so, no, uh, this is the uh, rabbit hole. And uh, as Ian was saying earlier in the show if you're up in or was it you i don't remember now kentucky. if you're up in kentucky uh Louisville. you see signs for this everywhere yeah it it's is, everywhere man the airport's covered with rabbit holes ubiquitous. Man. <laughs> uh so yeah so it'll be interesting to check this baby out uh ian um you have not tried rabbit hole before, is that right? I've never tried it. So this is their high gold. It, it is good. their uh, uh, Kentucky uh, straight bourbon whiskey, and it is a. Uh, it's a little overproof at forty-seven point five percent, but not wildly so. So, the only oh, it smells. It's got a little uh, spice on the smell. Oh, it does. It has a little pepper on the bottle. Nose. Information says uh, matured over three years. A new charred American oak barrel. So they think they kind of have to do so. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's going to be a certain amount. 70% corn, 25% malted rye, and 5% malted barley. So the the corn and the rye. Oh, it's got a bubblegum nose like big that's, time. That's where you're getting that spice from. There's spice and bubblegum and cinnamon. Cinnamon, cinnamon, cinnamon. It's got, it's got a really nice sort of on the palate uh The more I stir it up, the more bubblegum I get. Bubblegum <laughs> and cinnamon. Dig it. it should come with baseball cards. <laughs> um, Man, I'd have, I'd have collected baseball cards uh, cards back in the day if it uh, came with whiskey. Vice versa. Either Holy way. cow! It is a bubblegum bomb. <laughs> yeah, and and that's not a bad thing. No, no, no. In, in a know, good way. Yeah, in a really good way. Because a lot of but times, this is you, this is like you that. say bubblegum in connection with mm-hmm. a spirit. It might sound like it's not quite as appetizing as it mm, actually right. is. It's really, really good on the palate. And there's a cinnamon toasty finish to it mm-hmm. and a charred, kind of a raw charred kind of thing going on. It's pretty darn tasty, I have to say. The uh, the aftertaste is, uh, is, is it's interesting. It's got that raw char kind of, there's mm-hmm. almost a youngness to the aftertaste, but it's not necessarily in a bad way. Mm-hmm. I know what you're saying. It's, it's, it's kind of like drinking the nouveau you know it's like uh it's just got a <laughs> this n- is, nice youngness to it this is big red like this is cinnamon and bubble gum yeah, and so much like I-, I love this it's it's fantastic. what's interesting is i was never a fan of big red but i really do like this i think well, it has red a little more t- of that fire jolly rancher big red of the jolly yeah, rancher yeah, or yeah, fire jolly a, rancher yeah big red was a little not too like sweet a, but fire jolly rancher i can i can yeah but well no doubt it's not a fireball so i don't want to like steer uh, everybody the wrong no, direction no 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 you're right about okay. that I, it's it's I not would, that cinnamon i would it's say that more, uh, like on the level of sweetness this is kind of a medium sweetness it's not overly sweet agreed um uh, but it does have that bubblegum flavor so so the bubblegum flavor without being super sweet but it is really, uh, and then and then the longer it lingers on my palate, I start getting the vanilla. Yeah, sweetens up. 
And uh, mm. and there's something else in there. What is that? It's uh, mm. it's man. This is complex too. You know like, what? You know what? It reminds me of kind of in the middle of all the flavors. Did you ever have? We used to have these when I was a kid. Well, no. that's there too. Absolutely. But when I was a kid, we used to buy these packets of cinnamon toothpicks. Mm. Yeah, no, no, no. I, I remember those? those very much. Okay, yeah. and, and you would take, you would basically yeah. just chew All on this day. toothpick, and it would just give you that cinnamon. Uh, so I get that right in the mm -hmm. middle of mm -hmm. the palate in these flavors. You know what it doesn't have that I'm a little surprised about? It doesn't have like that mineral water aftertaste that you get no. a lot. That gets and washed it, out. And the, it there's, it there's not have, a lot of that going on. It doesn't have any of that kind of uh, oak barrel maple vibe to it either. You know. Oh. No, there's a kiss of vanilla in there, but it's it's not a lot. Mm. There's there's, it's it's kind of interesting. I I really like this. I would drink ninety five proof. Uh, yeah, ninety five proof. And there's not much information on the bottle. Let's see what it says no, here. I read it all to you. According to the Surgeon General, women, <laughs> right, women except not, that part. Women <laughs> yeah. should not drink alcoholic beverages. I, I have an interesting observation to make, though. Yeah. Mm. As, as you gentlemen discuss this. This, this whiskey, you pause for longer than you have on any other thing we've tried hmm. as you think about what it's doing. I guess it's because it's, it's that complex. It's, it's that We're good. trying, it's to, that trying complex. to parse out yeah. the flavors. There's, there's a something in there. There's a warm blanket kind of going on in there in mm -hmm. a good way. You know, mm -hmm. there's a, a warm fuzzy I'm getting from this that I really enjoy, and I'm, I'm trying to parse out exactly what that is. Almost makes the, me uh, think. What was the price point on this guy? 45? Uh, I believe it was, Ooh. yeah, I believe it was around 45. It yeah, wasn't, it, wasn't it wasn't super outrageous. expensive. Price to, 45, price to maybe, value maybe 48. Uh, uh, it's pretty high. I, I think uh, I think this is going, this is batting a little bit above its uh, average above its class. Yeah. You're going to give it a, I want a number. I, I can tell you guys really like this because six, you're probably. taking your time six. to yeah. think about you know, how to describe it. It's better than a five. It's really good. Though. You know That's what? Right. You're, you're, you're as smooth as Kentucky whiskey. <laughs> You're as smooth as rabbit hole whiskey. Kentucky whiskey. See, rabbit hole works better than, <laughs> than Kentucky. For some reason, Kentucky doesn't work. Rabbit I don't know why. Hey, do, we, do we have fans in Kentucky? I, I feel like you're doing a good job to uh, <laughs> make sure they're more vocal. I will, I will say this. I've never lived in Kentucky, but I've driven through there a couple of times, and I never the saw bottle. a living soul. The oh, bottle's very corn. cool. It has, it has this... Uh, this this rabbit going into a hole there. Let's see if I can yeah. get the light yeah, on. Yeah, it, it's right. that kind of carved into the bottle. Into the yeah, glass. yeah, it's really cool. Yeah, it it's is a very classy looking bottle. Uh, I, you know, uh, I have to tell you as a um, as a first try, as a uh, as an introduction to rabbit hole, this is a this is nice. And they had several at, at expressions. At its price point, yeah. this is really really nice. Um, it's spicy. It's got a little um, that, that yeah, rye yeah. comes baking through more than I thought. Baking spice, rye kind of spice. I think that rye is really kind of singing it. home more than that it lets on. It. Like wow. the longer I let it linger, so so if you stop and don't drink for a little while, mm -hmm. more of that rye spice starts really really kind of building. Wait, you did that. What's that? You stopped drinking for a little while. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't let him fool you. <laughs> All right. When you say things like that, <laughs> are they hurtful? <laughs> a little part of me dies inside. Yeah, that's what I, I Fortunately, know. it's the part of me that cares. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
that's well, a, that's uh, a quote from my brother, by the way. I do like that. <laughs> well, when we get rid of enough of it, be, I guess we'll be better friends. <laughs> I, I will be using that. That's uh, that's very very good. And so was that. Uh, all right, real quick, let me tell you about some cigars to watch for. For the first time in its history. Drew Estate's Liga Provada 10 Anniversario Connecticut Criollo Cigar is going to be uh, regularly available as monthly allocation for qualifying uh, Drew Diplomat Program participants beginning uh, the middle of this month. Uh, Due to the limited supply of the tobacco for this particular cigar, uh, production for all Liga Provada cigars is limited because the uh, magnificent Connecticut River Valley Copa Leaves, which are the hallmark for every Liga Provada, uh, remain the most difficult component for them to source. Oh, That's especially cigars. true for the Liga Provada 10 Anivers- Anniversario Connecticut Criollo. Just one Connecticut River Valley farmer cultivates the copper leaf for Liga Provada oh, 10. Wow. Mm. And it is a very rare hybrid leaf that combines the best elements of broadleaf and Criollo, and it is used only for the Liga Provada 10 Anniversario. But since the cigar has been introduced, Drew Estate has only periodically released small batches of the cigars due to the rarity of this particular leaf, but they've been working with the farmer, and they've planted more of this every year, and it has steadily aged and stockpiled enough of this precious leaf to be able to ramp up the production of Liga Provada 10 Anniversario and now make it available on the regular. So nice. if you got a chance to try one of these when they came out in you know in a limited fashion and loved them, you'll now be able to get them when you want to. And that was in and what, January, February? Yeah, it sounds uh, like there's the a... the last uh, time they were out. They might still be limited. I mean, they're saying they're not, but... Well, might want to go ahead. Not don't sleep at, on this one if, yeah, uh, if you're looking at least for they it. Are, it's, they it's, are a, able it's a to, limited, unlimited limitation. At, Good. at least yeah, they yeah. are able Which to announce. Which may become limited in the future again. Yeah. <laughs> at least they're able to announce that they are uh, attempting to release it year right, round. Right. So that's a pretty cool thing. Uh, this uh, year, is anyone getting a little caraway seed on this too? Yes. We'll find out. Yes. One moment, I, I hadn't. <laughs> I love his, this guy. His cup is broken. I love this guy. Uh, so, no, but you know what? Just. Like, I hadn't identified it until you said it, and it was like, click. Yeah, it just popped into my head while you were talking about the... uh, While you were talking about the uh, tobacco, and I was like, that's what that... There's There was a something in there. This year, by the way, marks the 100th anniversary of the discovery of the tomb of Egyptian pharaoh Tutankhamun. Ooh. Frequently called King Tut by Steve Martin and other people that you may know <laughs> such individuals you may remember. by the way by the way speaking of steve King martin Tut. i just want to mention you remember that season, song oh it was great it was, it was <laughs> no, so it was, stupid it was, it was awful, great but it was fantastic yeah. exactly that's that's what i'm getting at and speaking of steve martin by the way season two of only murders in the building with steve martin and martin short premieres tonight does it on amazon all Prime. right i'll have to check yeah, it out that's a good that good, was good a good show. one love that enjoy yeah. it. I, I i will watch anything steve martin's in Anything. Steve Martin's pretty fun. He's pretty awesome. Uh, anyway, Especially this year, in that Spies Like Us. And this Martin year. Short. He's in there, too. Yeah. I like Martin Short. Especially but like together. But Martin. together is the thing. Steve Martin wasn't in Spies Like Us. Wasn't Martin like Short the... Uh, the uh, uh the uh oh making copies <laughs> <laughs> No, 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 no. That wasn't him. That was... No, uh, who was that? No. Um, uh, that was... Uh, I, I, I can see the guy in my mind. He was on... Oh, uh, this is, uh, no, I know he's somebody. Help me! I've had too much uh, uh, mm, high gold to uh, 
Do you remember the guy's name? I'll think of it. I'll think of it. Uh, anyway, this year marks the 100th anniversary of the Schneider. discovery. Uh, Rob Schneider. Thank Rob you. Schneider. The, discovery the discovery of, of Rob King Schneider. Yeah. <laughs> King Sorry. I'm going to let you do this story. I'm going to back off the mic. I'm way back there the now. The 100-year discovery of uh, Rob Schneider. Yeah, that's good. Uh, anyway, no. The, Howard Carter and George Herbert, the uh, fifth Earl of Carnivon, of Carnivron, I'm sorry, uh, discovered King Tut way back in the day, 100 years ago. So Nick Melillo, a foundation cigar company, who's been working with the Herbert family in the past on his High Clare Castle cigars, is doing it again with the High Clare Castle Centager, a limited production cigar which comes in a box made to resemble a box that was actually found in King Tut's tomb. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Wait. I, you're not going to believe this. But this legendary cigar is made by A.J. Fernandez. <laughs> Thank you very much. Uh, at his factory in Nicaragua. And it'll be available in one size, a Perfecto, measuring uh, six and three-quarter inches by 52. Uh, it is made from a blend that includes uh, Ecuadorian Habano and Brazilian Matafina binder. Uh, and A.J.'s been using that in a lot of his blends uh, of late. The cigars will not be cheap. Suggested retail is $33 a piece. So. I think AJ Fernandez is like the uh, Eddie Van Halen of cigars. Kind of is, isn't he? Like, like yeah. he's accessible, but still a virtuoso. Yeah, the yeah. McKellar. Yeah, uh, the High Clare Castle up. cigar co-founder Adam Von Gutkin, and that is his real name, Von Gutkin, uh, hired archaeologists Colleen and John Darnell to advise on the project and assist with the packaging, which is apparently quite elaborate. I've not seen a picture of it, but I'm so hoping that Stogies or Serious Cigars or, or, or one of the places I like to shop will get this in so I can at least see it. Yeah, the and box the, itself I'll, will be a collectible. Yeah, I'll buy one. I won't buy the box because I'm not yeah. that. You got you know. it. Yeah. Get the box at the end. I, I'm, I haven't sold, sold Stone Brewing to a, a big you know, mega company, that's right, that's so right. I don't have the kind of money that it would take to get the box. I don't box. have that cigar box yeah, money. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but uh, but maybe, maybe one day, maybe one day, maybe one day we'll sell. Think about it, Ian. We could sell Smoking and Toasting to uh, Anheuser-Busch. Oh, yeah, mm. and, uh, and they'll have to delete out a lot of shit. Yeah. That we, we, said. <laughs> we walk away rich men, and uh, and they get to do shows about. I think Camacho is going to come back. And yeah, like, I heard yeah, that uh, yeah. mediocre, re uh, positively <laughs> review you gave me back right, in twenty two right. that said we were back on the rise. Just think about it, though. If Anheuser Busch bought the show, they could have shows every week about how to make the most Budweisery Budweiser right. you can make. Mm -hmm. Every week uh, we try three Budweisers. One Budweiser, more... we're calling this one because it's one, October. One more quick thing about. Cassandra. Uh, uh, I don't, uh, actually, they can't do that because yeah, the original. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Uh, one more quick thing about cigars here. Uh, we've got new info on the Casada Oktoberfest. And even in June, it's not too early to think about Oktoberfest. Uh, the Dominican cigar maker, Casada, is gearing up for the world's best known beer party with its annual release this year's Oktoberfest. 2022 edition. The brand was created by Casada in 2011 as a seasonal release intended to be paired uh, with Germany's Marzen style beers, or perhaps some of your Marzen style beers. So good. Yeah. Style uh, beers. Uh, made at Casada's uh, factory in the D Dominican Republic, the Oktoberfest 2022 edition is rolled with the Mexican San Andres wrapper, and the internal tobaccos are all from the Dominican Republic. They will be on display in early July at the PCA trade show, and shipping is expected to follow in September. I can't wait. I'm going to buy a box like Sight Unseen. Uh, 
Yeah. Yeah. You kind of have yeah. to. Yeah. I had that. Uh, I sent you a picture. I just like. Uh, was, I know. It was so cool. Like a few weeks ago, I had a, I, f- I went into a cigar shop that had the 2016 still in stock. And I was like, I'm snapping that up, mm-hmm, smoking it. Mm-hmm. It's a great cigar. Yeah, they're All good. Right. It's time for us to take a break. When we return, it's drinking news time. And it's also drinking beer time because we're going to be drinking. Uh, we're going to be biting into early birds, the coffee Ooh. old ale, molasses and Vietnamese coffee. I am excited about this because I will, I, as a, as a person who's not a big coffee person, I will say, maybe some of my favorite coffee is Vietnamese coffee. Mm. Like there's something really special about that flavor. So uh, looking forward to that. And we'll be right back to try it and bring you your drinking news because I know you've been waiting. Are you going to drink the, are you going to sing the drinking news song? Drinking news, (laughs) drinking news. Whenever I hear this music, I always think about Cam Franklin strutting out onto the stage, belting it out. She crushes it. She's the best. She's the best. Those are uh, this is music from the Suffers, a Houston-based uh, mm-hmm. band that does what they describe as Gulf Coast funk. Yes, yeah. I love and it. it is different. There was a band that uh, played here uh, uh, in Houston for many, many years, the High Tailors, that uh-huh. always went under the moniker of Gulf, Gulf Coast rock and roll, and it's very much that. It's a yeah. thing. It's, it's, it's swampy. Thing. Yeah, it's yeah. swampy it's in a good swampy, way. Swampy. Yeah. It's delicious. It's yeah, it's all the things it needs to be satiating. It, it comes. <laughs> it comes. With with a certain amount of funk, just like some of your better. Yeah, we might have uh, wild to get ales. together and do some fun with these guys. Gulf it. Coast funk. Yeah. I mean. Gulf Coast, Gulf Coast funk farmhouse ale. Yeah, I'm, I'm seeing that. I'm picturing. We can it. make it happen. You know, maybe we need to make that the first smoking and toasting beer. Mm. I, I always figured the first smoking and toasting be beer, beer. Because you love IPAs, <laughs> we'd start off with an IPA, yeah. and then we'd strip out like. 75% of the hops and add a whole bunch of like Munich malt. And that'd be the second beer. And that would be like the IPA that would make. That's not an IPA. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, I knew, so I knew this was a backhanded compliment here yeah. of some sort. I think you so. just made a Hellas. Right. Yeah, I, I think you did. And I think, that's, I think that would be Ian's favorite kind of IPA. <laughs> that would be an amazing beer. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Smoking and Toasting and welcome to drinking news. Drinking news, drinking news. Now it's time for drinking news. Drinking news, drinking news. Now it's time for drinking news. A Florida man with one arm said he had a gator for a pet. When asked about his absent arm, he said, uh, he said, I messed up my phone and I didn't like, like I forget. No! <laughs> That's a good Darth Vader. When asked way. about his absent arm, he said, uh, man, I'm so off today. I had to take my gator to the vet. I had to take my gator to the vet. Drinking news, drinking news. Now it's time for drinking news. Sorry, I missed all my cues today. I apologize <laughs> for that. But I'm about to redeem myself. You ready? A Florida woman. <laughs> was arrested last week after she allegedly set some shrubs on fire while naked. 
Tarpon Springs police said an officer was dispatched to US-19 for a call about a naked woman on the side of the road. Officers, as you can imagine, were both excited and a little wary of taking the call. After all, as potentially stimulating as female nudity can be to the American male, this is Florida. Mm -hmm. And after all, there's a very high probability that there's more to the story. That they're in double A. More than meets <laughs> the eye. Yeah. And of course, <laughs> there is. Police found the woman, 40-year-old Melanie Ann Kiro of Largo. Good girl. In the bushes on an intersection median, according to the affidavit. And yes, she was naked. Police said the responding officer smelled a burning odor while speaking with the Florida woman. That's not good if you're naked. And noticed smoke coming from some bushes about 15 feet away. According to the affidavit, while attempting to stop the burning, the defendant stated that she started the bonfire for a celebration. In total, the fire ended up causing $50 in damage to the two shrubs, police said. The woman was booked into the Pinellas County Jail on a charge of criminal mischief. But but why was she naked? Why do they have a value for shrubs? Look, I will admit, <laughs> this is not the funniest or by any means the most outrageous Florida man or Florida woman story that we featured here on Drinking News. But words matter, and they should be chosen and arranged very carefully when reporting the news. Just the slightest adjustment in verbiage or the order in which it's presented can take a story from a run-of-the-mill Florida man or Florida woman story and make it a candidate for inclusion here on Drinking News. So that's why when a Florida news anchor covered the story, it actually became Drinking News material. And also very funny to those who, like us here at Smoking and Toasting, have senses of humor that are still very much the same as we developed in junior high school. Ooh, are you going to say fart? The TV anchor reported, and I quote, a naked Florida woman with a burning bush was arrested today <laughs> by local police. Double aggressive quote, gonorrhea. <laughs> Set all the bushes on fire. As is our <laughs> motto here at Drinking News, <laughs> you just can't make that shit up. That, my friends, is something I, that I would pay to see. The burning bush. The burning bush. Nothing, in the middle of the road. Nothing that I can freeway, add. On the freeway in Florida. There's nothing that I can add that would make this funnier. So I'll just repeat the quote in my best interpretation of a news anchor. Are we ready? A Florida news anchor. Yeah. Let me have a little whiskey. <laughs> Encouragement. Good evening and welcome to Channel 7 Eyewitness News. The Supreme Court handed down a landmark and controversial decision today, and the January 6th hearing continued to shed new light on the committee's investigation of the Capitol insurrection. But our coverage begins here at home, where a naked Florida woman with a burning bush was arrested today by local police. End scene. Well done. Well done. Well, I, have, well done. I have nothing further, Your Honor. Uh, reporting live from Florida, where a naked woman has a very odd way of staging a celebration but the, but the story's incomplete much like like uh like like the ass masters series it leaves so many right we unanswered don't, we don't questions. have we don't have any well florida is half the answer 
Yeah, so you got that. <laughs> oh, well. Yeah. And, and there's I, often... You know, I didn't think about it until you put it that way. <laughs> right. That's <Yeah>. enlightening. <laughs> <laughs> Reporting live from Florida, where a naked woman has a very odd way of staging a celebration. <laughs> because Florida. My name is Cruz, and that is your... Drinking news, drinking news. Now it's time for drinking news. I need somebody to sing that with me at some point in time so I can start hitting some sweet, drinking sweet harmony. News, drinking news. Now it's time for drinking news. Yeah. Anyway, what are right. we talking about? All right. <laughs> we don't want to hold you back, Ian. You let us know when you need to, you know, reach uh, some higher, higher Mike, levels. Can you come in every week? That was pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's because we've we been drinking yeah and, and and it's like we always say about drinking news these are not necessarily always stories that are about drinking although you could argue there may have been some involved here uh but they are always stories that are best enjoyed if you've been drinking right and certainly we have i think we need to bring her story back every time we come on i thought maybe we could follow where she's going yeah, where she's been well, up yeah, to yeah, well now it's time for drinking news not sure where you were going with that one, but I love the percussive ending of the opening can. Uh, all right, so Michael Duckworth, True Anomaly Brewing, is pouring what looks to be a rather rich concoction it is. into uh, glasses here for us to sample. So this is an old ale. Ian, you want to tell us what an old ale is? You know, no. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. That's good. All right, we're going to keep it a mystery. <laughs> But what I do so want how you to old know, does it have to be to qualify as an old it's, ale? It's, it's, it's a style. It's a style. So uh, okay. it, it's not aged. It's a, the name might be a little bit of a farce or a misnomer, if you will. But I don't really know exactly what the but designation you're is. You're on the show where we do drink news. But it's right so. next to being a barley wine. It is. So it's a, it's a step removed from that. Um, so we uh, we obviously carbonate this. We um, we uh, uh, the, the malt bill itself... Um, it's a little bit more robust. It's driven towards uh, higher ABV. This one, again, is 12%. Um, we added uh, a little molasses to this to help accentuate some of that uh, kind of richer barley character. You're going to get a lot of mouthfeel in this. And uh, and then, obviously, the coffee. So we, we this is actually only our, our second-ever coffee uh, beer. So uh, we haven't delved a lot into coffee. Um, this was made uh, with a producer across town with their Vietnamese coffee. And then uh, D&Q, actually. Um, Love the D&Q. D&Q. So this is actually a, a little bit of a collaboration with D&Q. Uh, so if uh, you know Brandon over there, he's got a couple parakeets uh, in the shop. Uh, and we, oh, that's we what that's these the, guys okay. so, here. So I was going to ask you, birds. because uh, as far as I can tell, all of your beers have had some connection with their name their title to space flight or yeah so science. this was uh this was actually Is a little this bit your more first around. departure uh, it might be pretty close to it we uh we had uh you know, dnq has been a, a long standard here in houston for those again that don't know it's a bottle shop and you guys and were talking about the get, uh yeah. the waning uh you know momentum of draft shops that have you know 50 80 beers on tap or dra or or places that you go that were the original that came in and and so this was our way to say hey you know thanks for supporting us for as long as you have bringing in you know a lot of really original unique offerings yeah, yeah. let's and build something it. together and man, uh, that's within what you guys are looking for and and you know offer it so they're exclusively offering it over there we have it obviously at, at our place real limited release we put half of this into some barrels uh, cause this just screams and wants for some oh, barrels. Yeah. So, oh my. 
So here in about another year or so, we'll have another rendition. I'll see you guys again then, and you know, we'll we'll see if we can't get this up to fourteen percent. So yeah, and you make Ian. So and Brandon over there, he's so nice. Like once he gets to know you, you walk in and he'll be like, oh. I have something you'd be interested right. in. He's like, he's like totally. After he knows, he knows. Yeah. And then you're yeah. on a short list. And again, monthly subscriptions. <laughs> so we're going to get you all hooked. He'll hold stuff back for you when it comes right. in. Uh, so I just took my first taste. This is just exceptional. Outstanding. Yeah, just exceptional. It's just got so, such a full mouth-pleasing taste to it. It's malty. It's rich. You can taste the molasses. And then you've got that whole coffee under note right that's that real happened. it's strong on the aromatic so you're going to get it the coffee character mm. right when you open it right when you pour it in the glass it's uh going to come through obviously throughout but i think more on the end like you said and you're going to get a nice caramel mm. full yeah, right. body vietnamese coffee has a different vibe to it a different kind of mm-hmm. flavor different kind of bitter to it a different as well. kind of bitter yes yeah, than, yeah. than right. regular uh uh colombian coffee bean uh, coffee uh it's it's really you know, when you order a Vietnamese coffee in a uh, Vietnamese restaurant, right. it generally comes with, with cream. Cafe Suda. Like just yeah. a whole bunch of cream yeah, yeah. to kind a of make it a whole of frothy. I mean, yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And uh, and so this has definitely got that vibe yeah. to it. And it lends more to that caramel this, character. This makes mm. me want banh mi, I will tell you. Yeah. It yeah. really does. Yeah. It, it speaks And it's to always the, the pork. Oh, always. The bar- you mean, always you, you mean the double pork. pork. Yeah. yeah, that's what you meant. <laughs> pork yeah. uh, it's it's so good. It's so good. My favorite bummy place closed, by the way. It was down in uh, in uh, downtown, and it was uh, Le Gerv- I, I don't know how to pronounce Le Graval. it. Le Graval. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they place, closed. Yeah. I couldn't believe it. I'm going to have to find a new bummy place. And, yeah, and there's another one over today, in our neck I'm, of the uh, woods that oh, yeah? uh, Cafe TH they closed down not too oh, long see, ago. Oh, see, I love well. that place. Yeah. I love that place. They, I, they, I didn't always get by me there, but I, I they had great food, but they were all like only open for lunch, and it was kind of weird. But, but yeah. yeah, but I, I went there a number of times. I like that yeah. place a lot. Uh, but yeah, there's there's so many new places opening up around here though. I just have to find a new. Uh, Houston's got shop. good Vietnamese food. Like kind of spread around. It I mean, too, it's just so, got yeah. a tremendous. I mean, I think we've talked about this before. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's just it, yeah. Keep Houston underrated. I, let's t- quit talking about mm-hmm. it. People are going to start catching <laughs> right. tail. Let's start moving here. They're going to figure out this is where they should Austin be. Austin, if we're not right. careful, that's right. Austin, like people who've lived there for like Oof. ten or fifteen years, they're hating life right now. Oh yeah, you know, because yeah, unless just, you own your home. Yeah, <laughs> well, unless, well, unless you're selling your home and moving to Houston. That's right. Yeah, then then in that case, we're right. They were okay about it. No, but you know what? There's so much great stuff going on here. I mean, I've mentioned how cool it is to be walking distance from True Anomaly, to be able to just walk over, even even on a hot evening like this. You can walk over, you can sit, you can have a cold beer, you can chill down, and then you can enjoy, if it's a Tuesday, you can enjoy some of those tacos. Like, But it's just, you guys have got such a great vibe, and I, I love, not only am I a fan of your beers, but uh, I, I love your tap room. I just think it's like a perfect mm-hmm. example of what an East downtown Houston. I really uh, appreciate it. You guys have the pizza place right across the street. They'll just bring the pizza right over right, to you. We do. So we don't have a kitchen of our own. We, you know, you bring whatever you want in, but obviously yep. you guys have been in plenty and, you know, you just snag what you want from across the street. We've mm-hmm. got, you know, pizza burgers. So do you have the early birds on tap right now? We do. We've got the, yeah, we have this. We uh, honestly, we only have 
probably five or six cases of this left. It was real short run. Like I said, we put most of mm-hmm. it into barrels, but we wanted to give people an offering and ourselves as well an opportunity to taste it kind of early, good. young. So you when know? you say you put it into barrels, what's the plan then for this to be revealed later? Yeah, so we got some bourbon barrels. It'll probably be about, it usually it takes about a year in the barrel. Um, so we put it in there a couple months ago. So probably about this time next year, uh, we should be through that uh, wood aging process and then, you know, really picked up that good character. Again, it's probably going to add a couple percents on there and we're going to, you know, have a, have a good kick to it. Um, I like it. It's uh, we've uh, we've done a number of obviously uh, wood age offerings, but uh, in the bourbon rye category, we've seen a lot of uh, just good reflection and character and taste in the beers that we've we've added it to we have another one our, our dark matter which is our belgian double that we just mm-hmm. put in a rye i like that one a lot yeah we got the quad that we've done before so if you're if you like you know these these larger beers that you know have a little bit more of a belgian character to them and add in a little wood not you know. only are they delicious but if you drip a little bit between two pieces of wood you will never get them apart <laughs> good to know right. you know the, the early birds is 12.2 but it doesn't come off as excessively boozy, really. It comes off very coffee. Yeah. You, you get very the coffee, coffee yeah. right. The coffee is very full and the sort of dominant thing on the palate. Right. But it doesn't make you feel like – I've had, quite frankly, I've had beers that were more in the 10% range that have come off more right. boozy. Right, and we probably have. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And the, the other thing I'll note on this is uh, we don't obviously know the, the caffeine – uh, intake content. on this, but I have content. a feeling it's reasonably high. It's probably probably we use whole beans. Oh, uh, I forget who we got these from this time around, but um, but uh, yeah, I mean they're they're pungent. Well, so you guys it's make so a lot of different beers in a lot of different styles. Uh, so obviously you need hops, you need malt, you need um, in in cases like this coffee beans. Uh, what's the most difficult thing to source for you guys so far? So actually, we're uh, we're getting increasingly difficult uh, challenges and pressure around grain itself. Uh, some of our beers, like Scout, we use very specific uh, brand very specific vendor kind of grain, uh, yeah. area. Um, so nothing so far is that we haven't been able to you know produce it, um, but you know lead times are lingering, costs are going up. So we're having to be a little bit more judicious on you know coming in, selecting when we're going to buy and how much we're going to buy, uh, but. These things, there's been a lot more pressure on there. Fruit itself, if we do anything fruited, mm-hmm. fruit has just, and, and as you guys are well aware, it's just gone all over the place. Yeah. And some things, let's say, like if uh, th- this past year actually a rhubarb was an issue. So, um, you know, it's usually in the August time frame, and mm-hmm. we try to have some beers, but you know, lined up for that. But then it's hard to get. You don't think about it, but um, but yeah. So fruit's kind of interesting, different, and then hops are always. Amalgamating and churning, and you know, getting to hop, you know, new fresh things in there, getting the ones you want, yeah, right. So, our staple beers, we haven't had a lot of issues on, but um, new, fresh, interesting things. Uh, the market's just going crazy right now, and then, quite Mm -hmm. honestly, uh, not a beer ingredient, but bottles themselves. Oh, I'm sure. So, bottles themselves, um, we heard during the pandemic that cans were cans, yeah, so cans, cans have uh come back into. Uh, regularity. We're not yeah. having as many pressures around that. Bottles, however, just just gone. So talk, the Dota. talking about uh, prices, <laughs> you guys uh, and and you know most of your beers that I see on the on the shelf are the sixteen ounce. You guys are not 
I'm trying to say this the right way. You're not the cheapest beer on the show. It's more of a premium product for right. sure. It's definitely a premium product. Um, has that? I, I realize that may be set because of your actual costs sure. of producing the beer, rather than 100%. saying, "Okay, we're going to price high." Unfortunately, it's it's more that than the other. I, right. I wish we were just taking right. advantage of the margins for being <laughs> right, in the, right. in and the industry people, we're and in. And some people do, absolutely. but, uh, but um, us being a small business where we're at, so yeah. we're so not setting has, anything crazy. Has that worked for you or against you at all? Because I will say, when I go into the store and I see you, and maybe there's another brand's 16-ounce can beside you and it's a dollar less, it actually makes me think of you as a more premium product. Right. I, I don't know if that's the way everybody looks at it. Hopefully but, but so, quite honestly. So, I mean, obviously we have a lot of offerings that are in 500 or 750 bottles you were saying earlier you know it looks right like, right you know this looks like a, a wine bottle it's like right, a champagne right. bottle sure, right? sure. So we're, we're putting the extra cost in dollars into the labeling the presentation yeah, the labels of the are product. beautiful on these so by that, the way that it they does really resonate are. so that you come in and They're you say oh, i'm paying a little bit of a higher price point for this but does it look and feel like the pro quality of product that yeah, i'm expecting that i'm expecting for that money. the other yeah. thing that I'd, I'd say is um you know quite honestly especially for you know some of these uh more peculiar or interesting offerings I would challenge you to go in and buy, you know, a sixteen to twenty dollar bottle of wine, and come home and say, "Man, that was an amazing bottle of wine." But I bet you, if oh, you go a, in you know, and buy really good sixteen that's to twenty bottles yeah. on one of our beers, and you go home, you're going to go home and say, "That was probably that was one of the better, beers. more impressive yeah. beers I've had." The complexity, that's a really the good quality point. around it. I've, I've never heard anybody say it quite that way, but that's totally true. Totally true. So that, that totally that's true. my wager. Go try it out if that's where you're at. Now, <laughs> for the clean stuff, uh, we're probably are a buck or two more. But at the end of the day, again, our quality I'm, processes, I'm, what I'm we're not, trying to bring in, I'm not we're trying saying to, it as a criticism. No, but I accept it. We are a premium brand. And we want to be because at the end of the day, we're putting the time and, and attention into the quality of the I beer to ensure that we do deliver that quality. Does that have additional cost to it? It does. So if you're willing to pay a buck or two more, then hopefully you're going to get that quality back. And, and you're going to get you. something that you will you know? actually be happy about the money you spend right. on. And that's the thing, right? All right, we're going to take a break. We'll be back with our uh, final uh, sort of closing uh, segment. And I do have uh, one more question for you about the state of beer as mm. it is. And I think Ian needs to pee. So we'll uh, <laughs> we'll let him run off to the restroom while we take a break. Quick, and we'll quick. be right back. We 30 seconds. It's Smoking and Toasting. <laughs> that's, where, I need a that's where you end up with. Welcome back at Smoking and Toasting. Our program's all about uh, craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled mm, cigars. And we got all of those things covered here today. We talked about some really good cigars. Uh, we have had some amazing craft beer from True Anomaly. And uh, we just, uh, I think, just poured a little more of this uh, Rabbit Hole High Gold, uh, the Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. That we That's were just talking about during the break. Good. You're pretty excited about this. Yeah, it's pretty right. good. Uh, this yeah. is something I'm going to buy and put on my shelf. It is a bubblegum and cinnamon bomb in as much as whiskey gets that way, and it's fantastic. Well, I will tell you, this is this is really, I guess, probably the biggest endorsement you could get from this show is when one of us either says, like Ian said about Scout earlier, I have this in my refrigerator. It is in my refrigerator. Or or I'm going to buy this and add it to my bar. Like to me that's you know and not that our endorsement, you know, necessarily means anything. Oh, so that's does. how we feel about the rabbit hole? Yeah. 
Yeah, that's yeah, Ian. Well, uh, I bought that bottle. And I think Ian's about to go buy a bottle of his yes, own. I will yeah. be buying a bottle. I, of I asked you earlier. I think I'm going to go have to yeah. see what that. I didn't yeah. want to make sure that price point. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm going to offer this to you though. You're you're a great guest on the show. I want you to uh, spill it all. I want you to take it. Yeah, <laughs> I want you to take it home. You've left us great beers before. I appreciate. We it. we recognize what that you know what that means. Right, if I publicly commit it to it, then I guess it has yeah. to happen. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we want to thank you though uh, so much. One of the things that uh, I just want to say I love about your brewery so much is that you guys are right in the heart of Houston. You are so experimental you don't just do the normal beer things you do plenty of the normal beer things but you also do these things like so much of what you brought in today that's been so much fun i loved the native sky to me that was just like one of the most easy drinking of the you know sort of wild ale uh farmhouse styles and i just i just felt like it was like it's the perfect gateway to funk is a good way nice. that I would put that. That's good. It's a good gateway, gateway to funk. Gateway to funk. Gateway I like to you know, funk. Uh, I like one it. of the things that makes Doesn't me smile is... Doesn't that sound like is... an Ohio Player's uh, album title? <laughs> gateway to funk? I like it. You we, would see like Easter Island we things, have a show. Yeah. Stonehenge. You we know? have a show where we talk about beer and those kind of things. You came on and you brought, what did you bring? Four or five different things. And none of them were an IPA. I'm not bashing IPAs for that, but what I'm saying is we've moved to a point where the IPA doesn't have to be present. Well, absolutely, but I will say this: glorious day for you. I will say this: their glorious IPA. Day. Now, can is we just incredible. get barley wines everywhere? Yeah. Right, right, their right. IPA is Thank incredible. You. Thank you, Kurt. It really is, and and they have a pale ale that's monstrously good Thank too. You. Yeah, the the and, DH and was it the. Dry hop citra. I mean, it's a citra IPA. Yeah, so, yeah. Or yeah. pale ale, I should say. Yes. But but I know what Ian's you know going for. I I understand what he's advocating for, and I would uh, I, you progression. Know, I, I will say this: if I go into a restaurant, not talking about a bar that has tons of taps, but if you go into a restaurant and they bring you the beer menu, and there's a barley wine on there. Respect goes way up. Oh, yeah. Because that's just not something that you see all the time. A barley I mean, wine or an old ale or, uh, or any of those kind of a things. Scotch yeah. ale, even. Scotch you know? ale. I love scotch but ale. I, I will just say this, I'm though. I'm brew a scotch ale. I have a brew event coming up pretty soon. I'm going to do a scotch ale. Mm. Well, I will say this. I'm fighting a battle more that's closer to the, the front lines. Because the battle I'm fighting is when I go into a restaurant and the only beer that they have that isn't Anheuser-Busch is like maybe a Shiner Bach. First of all, I thank God for Shiner Bach in yes. that moment. But secondly, I, I, I flagged somebody down and I talked to him about it. I go, your beer selection is lazy. This is a fine dining establishment. My wife and I are going to drop a hundred plus dollars in here tonight. Hundreds, yeah, hundreds, yeah. Oh, have yeah. you have you met twenty twenty two pricing? Yeah, yeah. The, right, the right. new hundred dollar bill to have a is now three hundred. Yeah, yeah, were you yeah. planning to also have yeah. a bottle yeah. of wine well, that evening? No, I know, I get it, I get it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we're gonna dro- we're gonna drop a lot of money in your establishment. Yes. Is my point. I would really like to advocate for a better selection of beer. 100%. And I do this. I do this all the time. I know it annoys my wife, but she's so sweet. She puts up with it. But it yeah. I think it's important. Again, if, if you they can, don't if hear you from have their a wine customers, list that's you know, 50, 100, yeah, whatever sure, long, absolutely. you can't throw three or four other you know what I'll tell local somebody? brews in there. 
I'll tell him Red Robin has better beers than you do. Ooh, that's cutting. for real. That is that cutting. is for real. That's Red for Robin real. does have better beers than they do. Spicy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. If the only if the only craft beers you have on there are Hoppadillo and Sam Adams, I will straight up tell you that Red Robin has way better beers than this restaurant. And it's one hundred percent true. And just let you chew on that because I because I just went to a Red Robin <laughs> right. not long ago because my wife and I had gone to beer see a movie. Great. And and we were there early, so we said, "Let's go get a drink yeah, at the Red Robin right, right yeah. across mm-hmm. the little thing." Mm-hmm. Right? And we went over, and sure enough, they like I don't they remember what beer, beer that, uh, what that right. I had now, but it was if good. Red Robin can have a great selection of beer, Dude, yeah, you got yeah. no freaking excuse, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm it's telling you, I've snuck it's better over-ish. beer into I pick. That's right. I'm <laughs> telling you right now. <laughs> you know, I think uh, I think that is the perfect point at which to wrap up the show. Michael Duckworth, True Anomaly Brewing. Your beers are incredible. Your place is awesome. Thank you. Don't get me started on the tacos. I haven't tried them yet, but I'm going to. Yeah, we're going. We're going. But, but all right, good. Next Tuesday, and, we're all going together. All right, next all right. Tuesday is, Ooh, is Taco Tuesday for all of us. Sounds like a plan. Uh, thank you again for being on the show. Uh, all of the times you've been on, we've always uh, enjoyed you, but we've always enjoyed tasting really interesting and new things. And that's appreciate. That's been that's all been. Right, a blast. I'll try to gen up some new stuff for the fall and see you guys soon. That uh, that sounds like a plan. And and this. Uh, this uh, Belgian is it the Belgian that you've got aging further. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So at what point will you break that out again? The uh, so we're gonna have that quad available here in the next uh, two months, three okay. months. Right, yeah, well. after the summer. I don't know. I forget right. where we are, but when it's less hot. Yeah, uh, I get it. I get it. And that'll be an appropriate time for it for those of us who are not. So the dark in. matter is the one that I always get when I go in there. I think that comes in a double. Yeah, yeah, that's so good. Love it. Love so it. Good. Well, thank you for all you were doing for advancing the state of beer and brewing in our fine city. And thank you to you guys for checking out Smoking and Toasting. We're off next week for 4th of July, but we look forward to seeing you the week after. Have a great week, my friends, and uh, cheers, y'all. Salud. <laughs> cheers, y'all. Sunshine is so good to you.